Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to BWI Live. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Nate Bauer with me. Sean Fitz is going to be joining us in a second. Nate, um, we're going to start with non-transfer portal news and questions. Um, sure. Is it like work from home season in state college? We've had uh, a couple of times so far since the season has ended that we've had internet issues uh, to start the show, which is nobody's fault. It's just fascinating that all of a sudden the season has ended and, uh, and, and we're having and all of this stuff is happening. So state college, I'm wondering if everyone's working from home at 10 a.m. Curious time. That's all. Yeah. You know, I think um, I, I'm trying to do the responsible thing, right? I'm I'm 10 minutes early. I restart my laptop, and then I come back from that, and uh, you know, nothing works. And so I feel like I sound like a a a a, a person who is not tech savvy. Yeah. And I feel I I I am. I'm I'm okay. I'm all right, but things just aren't working out these days. Fun fact about Nate. Nate is your classic early adopter. So this is something that I imagine kind of hurts, right? Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. (laughs) This is the the most embarrassing thing that happens. Uh, Yeah, I I wish I was like somebody who who adopted technology early. I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. And then I wait until I can afford it. Uh, I'm not that. Listen, I'm still a hot deal guy. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Let's not get carried away. 
So let's start off talking uh, something in your wheelhouse. We're waiting for Sean Fitz to join the show yeah. uh, to talk about the transfer portal and to get into some of those juicy topics that you want to discuss. And of course, Penn State fans here on a uh, on a Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. They want some portal info. So we'll be talking about that here on the show. Also, the bowl game, all the off the field moves. And I think that's where we're going to start, Nate, is James Franklin talk with the media Sunday night um, about the bowl game. But really, it was about his new offense of coordinator Andy Kotelnicki. Uh, just yep. wondering your thoughts about uh, the opening salvo of conversation about what Andy Kotelnicki brings to the Nittany Lions, according to James Franklin, who hired him. Uh, that's a great question because I'm, I'm not sure that he said that. Right? Like I, I'm not sure that, that Franklin actually answered anything in, in regards to what will be different um you know certainly he touched on the uh collaborative aspect that i i think is look the the uh, of all of all of this right this whole process right mm-hmm. it, it has been a um reading between the lines of things that he didn't like about mike yersich Right, like I'm, I'm not sure how else to put it. It, it yeah, uh, that that might be a little more blunt than I would prefer, but uh, it, it, you know, it, getting the input from others on the staff, um, you know, certainly explosive play rate, I think, is part of the conversation here. Yeah, the ability to to shape an offense based on the personnel that you have, um, you know, I I, I think that all of those kind of come into play, but when when we cut through. A, a lot of this, it's what happened against Michigan and Ohio State. H- mm. How do you how do you get the program from where it currently is, which is a conversation unto itself, right? What is this program right now? It's very good. It is a very good program, but it just it hasn't been able to crack over that hump. And, uh, you know, certainly the thought that a, a new fresh face ideas, relationships, all of that stuff at offensive coordinator can help resolve some of those issues is where this is going. Uh, mm-hmm. But but remains to be seen. Right. I mean, there's a long way between now and and next year, next fall, when you finally kind of get to see that product on the field. Fitz and I discussed this uh, Thursday night, I think it was, when the uh, breaking news came out. You can check out that video for some extended thoughts on the conversation. But Fitz, is there anything uh, you want to add to this particular part of the conversation about Andy Kolonicki and what uh, has happened since with, uh, with the onboarding process? Anything interesting that stood out to you? Two things. Number one, I want to eliminate any uh, reference to mad scientists this time around. I think we've done that the last <laughs> couple of times. So if we could strike that one from the record and not use it, it would be Very great. Um, but this guy brings a lot to the table in terms of like what to be excited about. And he's done it in a way that he has been able to match up his teams, which have not been the most talented with uh, with some of the more talented teams in the country. I know he did it in the Big 12, but there's a lot to like there um, from a personality fit. He's just getting on campus and everybody else is off campus. So there's really not much in terms of meshing so far uh, i know they're just they're just getting in getting accustomed to the area and things like that so um the the onboarding process is ongoing if you will mm-hmm. especially since james franklin's one of those guys that's out on the road it's really tough to, to see how he meshes so far so if you're looking for that kind of insight it, it's just not happening yet so um but you know from a football perspective from a guy that is going to call 
to to the strengths of his team, which you're going to find, you know, you're, you're going to every team is different. You're going to find a different uh, different way to lean into it. But he is going to try and scheme them into the best possible spot against the best possible teams. I think you you don't have to go any like constructively deeper than that. Like that is his goal. That is mm-hmm. his mission. Whether he pulls it off, we're going to see. But uh, from from all the people that respect him in the football world, all the people that reached out to me uh, in the last week about <laughs> is a dude. Like this mm-hmm. is a guy that is a smart guy that knows his stuff. I'm excited to see what he can do. And we're going to have to sit back here and, and, and wait and see if he can he can get it done. Of course, Fitz comes up with a very poignant and correct way to describe that. And then, of course, I'm going to have a feature later today at BlueWayIllustrated.com going deeper onto what Andy Kotelnicki likes to do. Some of the through lines that what I try to do mostly fits is just through lines of what did he do at Buffalo that translated to Kansas? Can we pin down any things that he likes in his offense that kind of despite making a new offense every year for the best players and all that stuff and, and all of those things. Um, what are the things that he likes that are that are kind of common throughout all of his offices? That's coming up later this week. Yeah, check uh, out we, BWI Film Room, the mad scientist Andy Kolonecki from T Frank <laughs> uh, later today. Yes, I will be, and I'll have all of the cliches dropped in at some point. Um, one thing that is not a cliche is, and this is going to sound like one, to be good at football, you've got to be good at football. So, this is the off season. It's the time to get better. It's the time to train, especially for high school teams. Yes, we're going to have some championship games coming up in just a little bit. But one of the things that you can do is football is a uh, a sport that brings in a bunch of different practices and disciplines into one cohesive thing. It's, it's what I love so much about football. So if you want to train like the best, train with the best. And the best is MMA FX. And that is Bruce Lombard of Lombard MMA here in State College. He has expertise in hand fighting, which is directly translates to football. And he has a video program that can help you and your, your program get to the next level uh, in the trenches and with linebackers and receivers. The only comprehensive hand fighting program video set for football players available uh, featuring Penn State all Big Ten defensive lineman and former NFL player. You can see here Anthony Zettel going through all of these uh, different hand fighting techniques and and, uh, uh, processes, progressions in the hand fighting techniques. It's all um, encapsulated in a video program which you can get right now. And by the way, I'm going to start with this. If you want to get your uh, your um, team ready, your son ready for football, you can get the whole video program right now for 15% off. Use promo code 15BWI to get 15% off at LombardMMA.com backslash shop. If you're checking out the uh, the show here, you can see MMAFX. You can see it all on the screen, but I just want for the podcast audience, 15BWI is the promo code at LombardMMA.com backslash shop so you can get the course to teach your team this winter during winter lifting how to actually use all that strength they're developing super important to translate your gains onto the football field and this is somebody who's worked with everyone from the nfl uh in the nfl to the new york giants houston texans alabama washington who's in the college football playoff i'm gonna go ahead and make that direct link here for bruce um and then of course penn state working with penn state and the programs that have spun off of james franklin's coaching tree mmafx.net or bruce at mmafx.net Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place 
price for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Uh, guys, transfer portal, big time of year. Um, this is a time that you need to check out blueitillustrated.com, but Fitz will dip right into the receiver conversation. Penn State needs to get re- better at receiver. They need to find a receiver in the portal. Um, what are your thoughts so far on the players that they have offered publicly, and can you give us a rundown of those guys? Yeah, just a couple so far. Uh, two offers out, one player into the portal. I don't know if you guys started the show by talking about the guys that went in, um, but uh, Josh Kelly from Washington State, Jamori Macklin from uh, Missouri, uh, North Texas, Missouri. He, he started at Missouri, went to North Texas. We talked about him a little bit on the show, um, the last show that we did. Um, but a couple of guys that uh, have been productive at their stops, Josh Kelly w- went from Fresno State to Washington State, uh, different styles of offense, but uh, a, a, like just a productive guy in the last two two stops. So, I, I mean, I think it's going to be a situation where they continue to evaluate, they continue to sort of stack and see what's out there. T. Frank and I both took a look at what's out there at receiver and I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of stars, former stars. Uh, There's a lot of former stars out there. Um, A lot of fool's gold. I'll say that. Uh, Just looking at some of the guys that are out there, um, the guys that have maybe even put up good numbers, and you look at it, and maybe those numbers are a little bit hollow. You you see guys that have put up good numbers even in the Big Ten, but you go to Michigan, you go to Ohio State, that's uh, that's the standard. And they disappear. So there's a lot to balance here for this staff in terms of what they're looking at. It's it's not as simple as hey, everybody in the portal is better than what what, what we have here on this on the on the roster at Penn State. Yeah. It's uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Just losing one in Christian Driver, a bit of a surprise. I think a quiet day yesterday. I'm sorry there was not enough bloodshed for some people uh, that were not <laughs> not happy that uh, not happy that only two scholarship players went into the portal on Monday. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it, I think it's one of those things where we're going to continue to see some movement in and out. Um, it's the first day. It it happens. Guys have their reasons for staying, whether it be finals, whether it be bowl trip, things like that. I do still still think there is turnover to come, especially in that receiver room, and and we're going to see it. But Penn State working to set up visits for this weekend. They've already got. Uh, one set with Alan Heron, the offensive tackle uh, from Shorter University in Georgia. But uh, that's something, and and this is what happens this time of year, is these things pop up last minute and you get them to campus. And sometimes we get them before they get to campus. Sometimes they don't. Um, but this is one where you have to move quickly. It's not so much... Uh, like, I don't, I don't think they're behind. I don't think this is a situation where you look at it and say that they're, like, struggling because they haven't gotten anybody so far or struggling because they haven't set up any visits so far. I think that stuff will come. It's just a matter of a day-by-day, uh, uh, day-by-day marathon. That's where they're at right now. Yeah. I Just to follow up on, on what you talked about, um, I feel like last year, and this is something we talked about last week on the show, and, and just generally the vibe of the receivers in the portal last year were very different than what we've seen this year. You have Dorian. I loved Dorian Singer. I love watching his film. Um, you know, obviously you had Caden Prather who went to Maryland. You had Dante Thornton. You had... Um, 
you know, the guys that came to Penn State, Dante Cephas, these were names that people went, oh, okay, and you sat up and you, you took stock of those guys. There hasn't been that yet so far in the portal at the receiver position. So it's just an interesting thing how it's all setting up. Uh, we have this question here, and I apologize. I don't read that language, but somebody who uh, uh, is here on the show says, hi, T. Frank and Nate. What happens if a player enters the transfer portal but does not get a team? Does he stay at his c- current school? Um, either of you guys... I don't, Nate, do you want to take this one? How, how does that work if you don't find a team? Are you without a team at that point? Yeah. I mean, it, it, does Penn State want you back is is the question, right? If you, if look, a lot of these situations are mutual in nature, right? Where Penn State, and I think this is probably the way that it happens in most places. Obviously, we're, we're most familiar with Penn State, but if a kid isn't, the trajectory isn't happening, right? It's not, it's not in the direction that the staff wants. It's not what the kid wants. Kid wants to play uh, and wants to continue to play college football. If it's handled the right way and everybody can kind of talk it out and get on the same page, it there is help that can be provided by Penn State in that transfer portal journey. Right. Like you, they have relationships with other staffs across the country that it can, you know, you're going to say nice things. It's like a former employer. Right. You you, yeah. you get that letter of recommendation, more or less, uh, to, to land somewhere else. Uh, you know, in other situations, if it's sour and someone, you know, doesn't necessarily handle it the right way. Maybe not, right? Uh, certainly, there are going to be players, and I think that you've seen this. Uh, fits off the top of my head. I can't exactly remember, but there have been guys that have entered for Penn State that have ended up coming back anyway. Dave, Dave Townley last year was yeah. an example. Yeah, that's it, it, it's at it's at the staff's discretion. Like it's it is a situation where once he goes in the portal, you can cancel that scholarship. Like you can you don't have to have them back. That is a choice they are making to enter the portal. Now they can come back as we've seen, obviously. And you know, it, it, it depends on the relationship as Nate said, but it is like, once you get in the portal, like if, if you're leaving on bad terms and you all of a sudden want to come back, they can say, no, you can be SOL. I mean, that, that, that can be a situation where, you know, like you are without a team and all of a sudden you're out of college football. And we've seen that a couple of times, you know, with Penn state guys that just haven't yeah. popped up anywhere. And uh, maybe, takes them a year to get back in maybe something like that but yeah that's a that's a situation where you're like putting yourself out there now if you're at the end of your career say shane simmons was an example here you're at the end of your career you're not coming back it's understood on both sides that you're not coming back then you're going to go in he went to marshall for a year like this is a situation where you can find yourself uh you know in how do I say this? You can find yourself out of football, but also if you want to leave that door open for you, just go into the portal. We've seen a couple of guys that, that have done that. So I think that's uh, that's the way to look at it. But you've got an opportunity to. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're putting yourself out there, like be prepared not to come back. That's that's yeah. where you're at, because it is there are a few exceptions. There are exceptions, but there are a few exceptions of guys that are able to make that complete circle. And just to kind of put a point on this, this I saw this morning, but this was from Monday night. And this is a crazy stat from the on three transfer portal uh, Twitter account. 1,183 FBS football players have entered the transfer portal during this first window, according to Pete Nakos of on three. It's 10 p.m. Eastern on the first day. That is bananas that is insane the number of players going into the transfer portal and this is why you need the transfer portal tracker over at bluewhiteillustrated.com because the transfer portal tracker generally is going to tell you all the names that are in there the names that matter 
are the ones that Fitz and Nate and Ryan and Greg are sourcing to let you know, hey, these are the ones that you need to be aware of. And to get all that information, subscribe right now. I've been telling you for weeks all the deals we've been giving you, all the deals we've been telling you about, these ones, this is why it matters. Because this information, as, as somebody who's been on the outside for a very long time and is now part of the team, this is where all the information is. This is the part of football that I had no idea existed. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Use the promo code PSU1 to get... Uh, two months for a dollar to try it out. And once you go in, I don't think you're getting back out because we got all the information you're going to need. Um, one Can thing I, just, I wanted to ask you, Nate, go ahead. Sorry. Well, sorry. I just, regarding the receiver conversation, I, I feel like there's an elephant in the room that hasn't been addressed that has to play out to at least a certain extent before moves are going to happen, which is what, what is everyone doing? <laughs> right. Like, and I'm not talking about necessarily underclassmen leaving. I, I'm saying, what, what is Malik Mega doing? What is Keandre Lambert Smith doing? What is Dante Cephas doing? Uh, right. Even Trey Wallace to a certain extent, uh, there, there are guys who have been in the program and have an opportunity to come back that really, I, I just don't think it's been explored yet. I mean, certainly my expectation initially going into this year was for Keandre Lambert Smith to leave Penn state to, to, to go on to pursue the NFL. But I, I don't know. Dante Cephas was the same situation, right? Yeah. Everyone is, was expecting Dante to be a one-year guy. And now I think that some of that is in play for those guys to at minimum consider coming back for, for another year at Penn state. And uh, until those situations are fully resolved, you know, it, it just it feels to me. And and again, I'm kind of spitballing here, Fitz. You can throw this into the junkyard if you want, but it, it feels like it would take a little bit for some of this stuff to, to shake itself out. It, I mean, at least days. Right. I mean, I would think so. I, I would I would think it's more about bowl practice in terms of like the way that they ended the season with the receivers playing like they did. And it's a very small sample size and it's not the offense that they're going to run next year. And there are so many things that you can like push back against this. But Omari Evans like did did not was not a factor whatsoever during the season. And all of a sudden he comes back and, you know, he's a guy that they're running out for for decent a decent amount of reps there. So what's he thinking going into December thinking? Okay, these these guys are the the one guy's out the door. The one maybe that was my problem. Maybe that was the guy that that I had an issue with. I'm not saying that that that's I'm just hyp, uh, hypothetical here. Right. Yeah. Like there's one guy out the door. Maybe that's what was keeping me from being the guy. Like maybe that's what's keeping me from being the guy that was supposed to be the third receiver, supposed to be the the deep threat and everything like that. And then at the end of the season, Jay Wan and Ty come in and they're sending me deep. Uh, J James is saying in his last uh, his last season availability, hey, we want to use these receivers in a different way, and we're going to do that against Michigan State. And then they do it. Like they go out and and physically do it. So there, I mean, I I can't imagine a guy like Amari right now, like what's in his head because it's like yeah i mean i i i could, I could finish what i started here um i you know obviously have an uh, probably have an opportunity somewhere else closer to home um but it's it's just fascinating how that can play out all in this like we talk day by like we, we talk about the portal the portal's only open for 30 days but that is a yeah. 
grind of it's like a coaching search. It's like, hey, there's no, no new information in the last five hours. So something must be like terribly wrong here. Like <laughs> it's a day to day thing. And you got to like basically lace up and go every day. Um, so I'm very curious to see how, you know, a situation like Amari goes, a situation like Anthony Ivy goes, some of those younger guys that they think have talent. Like that's the thing. They think that those guys, if they stick it out and they stay long enough, they can have an impact. Yeah. I don't know um, if that's college football these days. The, and is the, go ahead. Uh, sorry, just isn't that isn't that part of the nature of the devil you know versus the one that you don't, right? Uh, in terms of how you scout the portal, is there there is so much of an unknown. Obviously, James Franklin has said it so many times about wanting to have prior relationships with the players that they pursue in the transfer portal. They don't want to they don't want to come at somebody completely out of the dark. Like that's yeah. just not. Uh, that is not how they have operated in the past. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there is a tendency at, at Penn State to, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's sal- like think that you can salvage something, try try to find because you you have that relationship, right? There mm-hmm. There is something that brought that player to you in the first place. And even though it may not have worked out exactly as you anticipated uh, on the front end, you still, it's almost like you've made that investment. You've made such an investment into the development of a player that it's tough to, to necessarily feel as though the way fans do that you're in a stronger position, bringing somebody else in from the outside than you are just simply getting the one guy that you do have already in the program to turn the corner. For the yeah. for the light to come on for right so, for any of those things to, to come to fruition, a couple a couple of things that I think are important in this conversation and, and fits. You can again correct this if if this is incorrect, but like NFL decisions for the most part have have those been made already. So Keandre Lambert Smith, his decision whether to stay or to go just hasn't been announced yet. Is how it feels a lot of times. I mean, going back to Rasheed Walker wasn't coming back and and didn't play in the bowl game, but we found out the week of the bowl game. So you know. There's not just receiver position. Obviously, a lot of guys have NFL potential to go this particular draft, but like those numbers are known. And then the question becomes, um, to Nate's point, do you think you can get production from those guys to equal starting production? And if you're going into the portal, I think you've got to have a guy this year that isn't, you know, Dante Cephas, who had some injuries and some issues, um, was good and was a big part of the offense, but wasn't like the guy. There's a couple of guys we've talked about in, in the receiver scouting that were the guy for their offense. So I think tailoring the search is also part of the conversation too. We're not going to take just somebody who has talent. They have to actually have proven they produced um, at, at their prior institution. And, and that's why Tins, Mitchell Tinsley was such a good ad. Like we yeah. sort of classically underrate him because he was the, the number two and the obvious number two there, um, I thought. But uh, by the way, Parker Washington, how about anybody catch yeah. that last night? That was uh, that was fantastic. Six catches, touchdown. Very cool to see Parker Washington, a pro's pro. Um, but uh, no, you got to find those guys. Like if you're rebuilding here, like you obviously you want to find a, a number one. Guess what? So does everybody else like that. Yeah. That is the situation. And those guys are going to be like with 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 NIL. It's going to be very different. You asked about those NFL decisions. I, I don't think they're set in stone. I think there's okay. a couple that are, you know, pretty well in terms of what I think we know what, we're, what they're going to do. But at the same time, you have that opportunity to bring those guys back and, and compensate them for it. 
that cloudies the it muddies the water. Sorry, you don't cloudy the water. You you muddy the water a little bit. Um, so I think that there are still conversations to be had in terms of usage, in terms of like how not 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 so much like promising these guys are going to catch a certain number of balls or run a certain amount of, or whatever. I mean, it, it's a situation where you feel that you can help yourself a bunch. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's it's a conversation that's worth ongoing. Like it's not a situation that you have to know on what is it, December fifth. Um, we're we're gonna get uh, roasted if we don't have this conversation. It's the obvious. It's the sexy one. Julius Caesar is saying, "Biblical, prodigal son returns home." Will Julian Fleming wear number four? And David K says, "Nobody gonna talk about Julian Fleming." PSU's chances with Fleming, the, the chat wants to know in this particular conversation, Julian Fleming. So I'm not going to ask you anything specific. Who um, is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> what? Nate, I don't know if you know this or not, but a long time ago, there was a, there was a, there was a Penn State football prospect named Julian Fleming. And then a bunch of things happened, and now he's in the transfer portal. So glossing over all of that stuff, I just want to put that out there that Julian Fleming is obviously a hot name that everyone wants to discuss. Um, I don't know the validity of it, genuinely. I don't know the validity, whether it is or not. So I'll throw it out to you guys in terms of what's the conversation around, how how should you frame the conversation around Julian Fleming? Um uh, yeah, fits, I, I mean, guess, that's, that's a guy that they're going to evaluate. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're going to go after him. They're not going to go after him. We'll talk more about it on BlueWayIllustrated.com. I'll say that. There's a lot of question yeah. marks in the chat here. Um, but uh, and a lot of different spellings of Fleming, by the way. There's just one M. It's uh, it's it, it has not gotten any better from when he was in high school. Um, <laughs> but this is a guy you got to determine is, is he good enough? And mm. he came from it, it's a it's a fascinating evaluation because he came from Ohio State, the best wide receiver room in the country, was the number three receiver there, um, put up modest numbers, um, de- dealt with some injuries. That jump from Southern Columbia, small school in Pennsylvania to the Big Ten was bigger than I think uh, most anticipated when he was rated as a five star prospect coming out of high school. I, I don't I genuinely don't know. I don't think that's a situation that's, uh, you know, you have some conversations, you have some people that uh, are fans of him. You have some people that are not fans of him. This is a guy that uh, handled his his process in a certain way. And that has been noted. And uh, I just it, it's going to be fascinating to see how they evaluate him, because I, I, I just from a talent standpoint, I, I don't know that he's he's better than what you're going after. Could be, you know, he's could, just could, bigger. <laughs> he is bigger. He's physical. He's, he's, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot to like there. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm not ready to jump one way or the other on that. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point. Um, and same thing, you could say that from any top program, you don't uh, know that. a guy that <laughs> a guy that uh, that came out of a top program that either didn't have the production you're hoping for or that uh, never saw the field. Like there are, you don't want to just you don't want to stamp Georgia or Alabama or whatever on a on a player and then go, hey, that guy's obviously better. We don't know that the evaluation, as Fitz pointed out, is very important because it the, the evaluation is the evaluation. It's not uh, based on stars or where you went to school because there's reasons that that guys are in the portal. Um, anything you want to touch on before we move on? Penn State staffing news. Want to just leave it uh, in case I missed anything that there is to talk about with the portal procedure of the portal, anything like that. Uh, not really with the portal. Um, it's uh, it, I think it's going to be more of a trickle. Like you had that boom. Like nationally, it was a it was a big deal yesterday. Like it was a very good uh, start to the morning. Not a very good start to the morning, but like a very like 
you don't active. need coffee to wake up and realize the Kyle McCord's in the portal from Ohio State. Like it's yeah. it was fascinating. Some stuff just didn't happen on this end. Um, again, I, I, it's not the end of Penn State's turnover. Um, three players in yesterday, two scholarship guys. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to continue to be an ongoing thing because Penn State's got to get. You know, they got to find room, right? Like we're we're yeah. not going to sit here and speculate who's going to leave, but it, it, they got to find uh, the way to get this team better, and that is uh, that's part of the co- college game now. So join bluewhiteillustrated.com, as Fitz said. Some of the conversation about Julian Fleming, some of the questions in the chat. You can find those answers. You can find a, a larger conversation. Use code PSU1 for two months. You get a uh, you get two months for a dollar. Moving on to some of the things that happened off the field that I think are also impactful. Um, and you guys are the experts at this stuff. Ola Adams left the Nittany Lions as an analyst. Nate, can you tell us just some facts here about what happened and and include everybody in on the conversation? Nope. <laughs> Fits. Okay. Fits. Go. All right. Been, I wanted yeah, to include man. you. I wanted to go every other. Maybe maybe I ask a question. No, Fitz. No, go we're going to make him pronounce the next guy's name. Uh, Ola Adams. <laughs> uh, he was here for this season. I, I am a huge Ola Adams fan. Like defensive coach. He coached. He was the uh, defensive coordinator at Villanova. He went with the Broncos. He came to Penn State. This is a guy I always expected to be on the staff. And if there's a, an opening in the secondary, at some point, Ola Adams is going to be mentioned. Like he's now he's going to Indiana. Um, excuse me, going to Indiana, joining that, that that staff there. All the best to him. I think he's a phenomenal football coach. He's going to be a good recruiter. I don't think you're going to see too much of him like on the recruiting trail in this area, but uh, that's kind of something to be talked about later. I'm big, big old Adams fan. Now he goes there, um, leaves an opening for uh, another analyst to come in. Uh, Andy Koltenecki, uh couldn't make it easy on us. Uh, <laughs> Frank, you want to give this one a shot? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Bill uh, Queezer. All right. Bill Queezer joining the staff uh, from Kentucky. Um, Beach Wine Guy, he's on top of stuff in here. And I'll let him describe this. Um, Andy Koltenecki's right-hand man. What does that bring? And uh, Beach Wine Guy wants to know, guys. Eight? anything? Uh, I'll only say I'm going to use some context clues here and say that uh, James Franklin very recently talked about Manny bringing his right-hand man from um, Miami, right? Yeah, right. And so you, you that dynamic of you, it's just it's just not the the it's just not the environment that it it feels like was perceived to be 10, 20, 30 years ago. Right? Is it is a major major operation in college football for staffing size, and it's and it's and there is. They are doing things right. They're not just sitting around, not just sitting around. It's uh, there are there are things for these guys to be doing. Uh, and it's 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 like a a second mind to bounce ideas off of for for these coordinator positions in particular. Uh, and so the fact that they were able to to bring Bill Quizert with with uh, Andy Koldenecki, I think, is uh, is probably a win. I, w- I would assume that's how it's uh, perceived internally. Beach wine guy here with Cuisinart. <laughs> yes. Close, but uh, I, I don't know where the uh, R's come there on the end. Well, he's an offensive line guy. So, like, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. You've now got Phil Troutwine. You've got uh, Frank Leonard, who yeah. is a 
presence in the offensive line, everything. And he's genuinely a presence everywhere he goes. Um, but now you've got another another uh, another head in there. T. Frank, I know you've broken down the run game in terms of yeah. what they like to do. He will come in and he will be a, a helpful uh, a helpful guy for that. Uh, Rick Leister is the guy that uh, Nate referenced coming with Manny Diaz uh, on the other side of the ball. So I think that situation was like, hey, if you're going to bring me, I want to bring my guy. Uh, I know it's it, it's really interesting because you're stepping into a staff cold. Like this is not a situation where a head coach will bring in his guys and he will have four or five guys. I mean, everything that we've seen is, is the offensive staff is staying intact and he's just going to bring his guys to help him around. And I think that's part of the process these days. Yeah, yeah. And that is something that I think there is a change coming to the run game, specifically maybe some technique stuff, just observationally from what I've seen from their offense. And that's, again, something I, uh, you're going to get later, bluewhiteillustrated.com and in the magazine, which is coming out, I think, soon. I always say things with half information, so that's a, that's a great way to operate as somebody out here is supposed to be factually sound as a journalist. But I think, I do have, I think it's Friday, T. Frank. Friday? Okay. Yeah. I just knew that I had to write an article and it was due and it was very, 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 very late. So I knew it was coming up soon. Anyway, uh, something that you shouldn't delay is your future. Join the th thousands of people. I'm just going to thousands of people that have joined myperfectfranchise.net um, in changing their life. And really just the people who have stepped out on their own, braving the next thing. If you're ready to leave the corporate rat race, you've developed skills of how to manage, but you feel like you're being wasted. Maybe you're looking for a side hustle. You're working your current job and you just want more. You want more income. You want more flexibility. Maybe you love a challenge. I'm a person who loves a challenge. We're in transfer portal window and I'm putting hardwood flooring in the in the guest bedroom so I love doing a bunch of stuff at the same time maybe the, you have that bug in you as well my perfect franchise Andy Ludicky is a franchise consultant with extensive experience placing people like you with the perfect franchise to manage uh, whether there's a, a downturn in the economy whether there's a boom whether there is uh, certain sectors are hot or not there's always something that is moving and Andy has his pulse on what is good what is hot right now in franchise management he has personal experience managing franchises himself he he's uh, uh his own product here is what he's telling you about what he does what he knows more importantly he's here to get you in the right situation with the right business so you can be successful it's not good enough that you can just own a business you need to be successful at it with your unique experience check him out 404-973-9901 or Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. That's 404-973-9901. Or you can check him out on the Blue White Illustrated message board. He's a uh, recruiting uh, lifer fan. He loves recruiting, loves recruiting talk. So you can check him out on the message board because he has a similar mindset to you. Last thing we have here, guys, is the, uh, the bowl game. Penn State drew Ole Miss for the 2023 Peach Bowl, December 30th. Um, our guys are going to be there, and they're going to tell you all about what's going on game day. So check out our game day coverage. But Fitz, just your initial thoughts, Penn State, Ole Miss, what do you got? It's a pretty decent matchup, actually. Um, Ole Miss is uh, a team that, I don't know, the, their season's kind of mirrored Penn State's in terms of like, hey, they're building, they're building, they're building. All of a sudden, they run into a monster and they're not as good as we thought they were. So, like, that's kind of where I'm at with with Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin is going to provide a different sort of challenge um, than Penn State has seen. Uh, will be interesting to see who's all playing for both sides and and how that impacts it as as it does with every bowl game. That's not a yeah. not a playoff here, um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how they attack. I think Penn State matches up pretty 
decently well with them. Like I, I haven't done, I haven't dove too far into it, but I think that it's a pretty good matchup for Penn State. Um, and you know they've they've coached bowl games pretty well. So uh, whoever is in charge of the offense, if they could just carry over what they did against Michigan State to Ole Miss, Ole Miss defense, I don't think is uh, is all that threatening. So we will we'll be interesting to see what kind of game. I think it's it's a great matchup. Like in terms of it, me speaking from that means Penn State's not playing Liberty like in the no right. win. No, New Year's Six Bowl, like them getting Ole Miss, I think is a sort of a blessing there to be in the uh, to be in the in the the game that, you know, this is a game that people are going to take semi seriously at least. Yeah, from a fan perspective, like uh, I know that there's uh, there's a lot a lot of parallels there. So I think um, it, in terms of like what it could have been versus what it is, I like it. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it will be Penn State's best win if you consider that currently their best win is Iowa, number 17 in the final uh, college football playoff ranking that, that we just saw. This is a quality SEC team and a team that Penn State, if they beat, you can't say, ah, oh, well, like you just said, they played Liberty. It doesn't really matter. They didn't beat anybody. Now, you'll do that no matter what. There's certain people that said Utah wasn't any good last year in, in the Rose Bowl win. So, like, you can't you can't please 100% of people at all times, but this is a good team. This is a good team that I think matches up, uh, as, as Fitz said, pretty well. Um, Nate, any initial thoughts you have on the game? Yeah, I, I would echo the the season mirroring uh, sentiment in, in the sense that uh, post Michigan, I, I kind of ran some numbers on teams in the top 10 teams in the top 15, just just trying to get a vibe for for who else is really like Penn State in having to play the schedule that Penn State plays, which is to say nobody right uh outside of two of the f- arguably five best teams in the country what, what did ohio state end up seventh sixth uh and so there there are not a lot of comps to that in terms of that echelon of opponent uh that that anybody has been forced to play outside of Ole Miss, believe it or not. Uh, and so Ole Miss ended up uh, two and two against ranked opponents. They beat Tulane when Tulane was ranked 24th and they beat LSU when LSU was still ranked in the top 20. Uh, LSU was 13th, but they played Alabama and lost pretty decidedly. And then they played Georgia and they lost pretty decidedly there. Even right? more decidedly and, on that one. Even more decidedly. And, and so there's this like, okay, here are two teams in that purgatory of mm-hmm. of just hey they they are competitive it's it's not their fault that the rest of the schedule isn't uh excellent but in in the games that they've had against kind of mid tier you know 20ish in the rankings type teams they've had success it's just it's been kind of a feast or famine for both of these teams and it'll be interesting for both of them right i, I think both of these fan bases are going to be looking forward to an opportunity to to beat a team that is uh pretty good <laughs> pretty good a signature win i mean it's yeah. for both sides i mean ls that lsu win can be looked at as good it can be looked at as not much but like it gives you a chance, right? It's it's just kind of funny because I think that it will for Penn State fans, depending on what happens, fall into the same line of thinking of Washington 2017, right? That that game, Penn State doesn't it doesn't count. That's it. It mm-hmm. doesn't count that that for Penn State or for James Franklin that they won that game because it was a 
ninth-ranked Washington team, right? A, a program that has established itself as being very much a part of the conversation year in and year out. They have that has been yeah. a very successful program, and, uh, and one that had so many NFL players on it. You look at that defense: Vita Vea, Taylor Rapp, Greg Gaines. I think they had a, a linebacker who made the NFL for a little bit, and of course the other players, the corners in the secondary. They had multiple NFL corners, you know, who play in the NFL. So that was a that was a good win, but. You know, as you pointed out, oh, well, it wasn't it's the playoff. What, it's what you're going to make of it. If you're going to if you're going to open yourself to have fun, you're going to have fun. If you're going to say it doesn't yeah. count, it's never going to count. It's yeah. it's just it's just interesting that the Penn State has had these has had. I mean, this is this is a bunch of New Year's six games. Right. And we can have that conversation about the playoff all we want. But the only blue blood that they have faced was Southern Cal. In ter- in terms of perceptions uh, right. in 2016, and they lost that game. So I, I feel like there's been this uh, there's been this sentiment. I'm not saying that I share it. I don't at all. But I think that there's been this sentiment from the fan base of, oh well, they've gotten to these games, but beat Memphis, right? Beat Utah, and and those programs for whatever reason, uh, not for whatever reason, erroneously don't get the credit that they deserve after putting the types of seasons that they had uh, to, to, to get into those spots in the first place. If you want a little more information about Ole Miss and what they were in the regular season, because as Fitz pointed out, like, you know, who knows who's going to be in the bowl game. I think they already had one of their receivers opt out. Um, I checked that out on Twitter. That was something that I read, but I didn't follow up on. So, but anyway, the point always, is always good to just shoot from the hip on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, bluewhiteillustrated.com for the information that I gathered about what happened in the regular season with both the offense and the defense. Um, one of the other things I think is is to, Nate, to point out uh, kind of the, the bowl, the New Year's Six conversation. Penn State has gotten a lot of good draws from which bowl they go to as well. Teams, or bowls definitely want Penn State. This was a and the ideal matchup for the Peach Bowl that they wanted. You know, regional SEC team and a big fan base that travels well with Penn State. So uh, just a general side note for me, but uh, in in terms of how this plays forward, any last thoughts as we get out of here about what's coming up next with this team? Uh, Nate, do you have anything to, to close us out here today? Yeah, no, I, I just think that uh, from a, a nuts and bolts perspective, they've they've been uh, how, how would I put this uh, messing around, right? Like the last week or so has been some work in the weight room. I did a story last week. Um, Chuck Losey was on the, the Penn State coaches show and talked about some of the uh, it's almost like you sneak in good work. I think is how he put it, it, it right in terms of you get this like three week window between the end of the regular season where, yes, you, you're, you're trying to rest your starters, guys who are banged up, guys who get a ton of reps that they're not going uh, too hard. But for a lot of the rest of the program, it's this sneaky window, but that you can actually make some gains in putting weight back on guys that lose it during the regular season. So it, it you get that window and, and they're trying to take advantage of it, maximum it between now and when they leave for the bowl. Um, but with all the coaches out on the road, it, it, right. You, you, there just hasn't been uh, not knowing the opponent up until mm-hmm. now, there really hasn't been an opportunity to dive into like actual bowl prep. I mean, it's just been, it's just been 
uh, you it's know, portal. sort of hope. <laughs> it's been yeah, a portal not, and recruiting. Not 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 real sexy stuff right now, but they're they're getting there. It'll it'll yeah. come soon. I don't know about that. I think people are in love with the portal. So that kind of information and the, the recruiting stuff and all the stuff that Fitz brings to the table here on the show, both uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, Fitz, any, anything you want to get us out of here with? Any final thoughts on the show? So Dayton, I saw the uh, the opt out thing. Dayton Wade, the second leading receiver for Ole Miss, said something like, "I'm out of here." Um, but apparently, it's been clarified since that uh, he is going to play in the Peach Bowl and then go to the NFL. So uh, it was on Sports Illustrated. So I mean, right? Not really a thing like that. That's not really a thing to believe anymore. Uh, the, the internet got me on that one, so I apologize. No, thank it, you, I mean, thank it, you for correcting written. that. Like you read it, you definitely read it. But it's just uh, Sports <laughs> Illustrated wanted to get that one out there. So. Anyway, um, and it, I assume it was a real person that wrote it, but uh, no, we, we can go back <laughs> to Dave, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Eckert, who used to work at Blue White, uh, is now covering Ole Miss. So we're going to go to him for our Ole Miss uh, information. But no, the portal is 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 hot right now. Obviously, um, recruiting is I don't want to say limping to the finish line, but because most of those guys are already in the uh, in the class. But uh, Penn State trying to tie up some loose ends in 2024. Uh, signing day is in a couple of weeks, uh, but you're not really going to hear too much on 2024 until then. So. Um, portal it is and then we're going to see incoming outgoing bowl practice all that stuff check it out uh, we're going to talk about Julian Fleming on blueidelstrade.com and the transfer portal all the great stuff you guys have and basketball Nate uh, we got basketball all that stuff I, I there's no time for it today but I just want everyone to know basketball is happening you should definitely check out Nate's uh, articles and what he talked about uh, with the start to the season the hoops podcast came out last week we'll be doing another one Sometime soon. Uh, soon. That's that's how that works. Sometime soon, it'll be coming out to check out the Hoops Podcast. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Nate Bauer, Sean Fitz. Excellent work as always. Tight show today. We're going to get out of here and make sure that you get out to your day and uh, into the holiday season. You have a great time. So we will talk to you tomorrow where we're going to be breaking down a little bit more of the Ole Miss offense and, and defense and, of course, the new offensive coordinator on the show. Stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 
1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.